Race matters. 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 Hello, hello. Um, before we, we begin, I'd like to acknowledge the owners of the land FBI Radio is situated on, the land of the, of the Gadigal peoples. It's always such a privilege to be able to meet here every Monday afternoon on Gadigal country, and I want to pay my respects to our Gadigal elders, past, present and emerging. FBI Radio is situated here in Redfern, a place that's been my home for the last almost year, a place that I feel safe and welcome, and I know that the good energy that I wake up to every morning and come home to every evening is primarily due to the community that paved the way for black politics right here um, and created a significant social, cultural, political and historical place for many communities with so many continuing stories and memories. Thank you to all the people that contributed and continue to contribute to the strength and resilience of this place. My name's Georgia Mokak, and thank you for tuning in to this Monday Arvo for Race Matters on FBI Radio 94.5. I'm joined in spirit by Ryan Clapham and our producer, Tanya Ali, who we'll hear from soon in an interview with the amazing Faria Roisin, uh, which I'm super excited to listen to. But first, I'm going to dial it back a little bit. Um, for those of you who are unsure what we do here at Race Matters, uh, we're taking over the airways every Monday from 5.30, evidently so you're listening to me now, um, to talk uh, about race, culture and representation with a range of guests. Um, but it's you who are listening and contributing to what informs these discussions and we want to hear from you. So please feel free to shoot us through a message on 0409 What's something that you would like to hear covered on Race Matters? It could be an issue, an artist, a burning question that you have. I want to know what you're thinking, how you're feeling, what you're learning, what you're unlearning, uh, who you want to hear from. So let us know. Um, and in light of this request, uh, this next track's for you, and uh, the language warning is also for you. Shorties that ain't got no wedding ring We just make up for the bling Rockin' iced out belly rings And for the wifeys who do Shout out to you, boo You made the right choice And happiness looks good on you To my shorties in the gym Keepin' trim, showing off the melanin Give it up for them BB dubs Lookin' luscious and feminine Pixie cuz, playin' double dust To the shorties in the chugs Rockin' Afro pubs Baddies with the 
the bundles and the 26 inch weave with supreme metro card or dangling keys to the visa my nails so long asking how i operate you should probably book me now before my prices inflate pretty brown on the license plate day chan on the nameplate if i'm in japan i could stand in to translate married to the money we ain't never gonna You a chicken head, be quiet. Me and my bitches, we about to start a riot. And we don't give a fuck about no diet. So my girls in every shade, getting paid, getting good grades. Stay prayed up, perfume stay sprayed up. My melanin makes your heart go pink. It's a pretty brown thing, it's just a pretty brown thing. If you don't need no validation, wave them hands in the air, no hesitation. My melanin makes your heart go ping. I'm a pretty brown thing, it's just a pretty brown thing. Pretty brown on the license plate. Day Chan on the nameplate. If I'm in Japan, I could stand in to translate. Married to the money, we ain't never gonna separate. With my girls with the blonde hair. With my girls with the jet black. Yo, where my girls at? With my girls with the purple hair. Whip it, whip it everywhere. Whip, whip, whip it everywhere. With my girls with the red hair. With my girls, with my girls with the orange hair. With my girls with the green hair. Whip, whip it everywhere. Whip, whip, whip it everywhere. That was Day Burger with Where My Girls. Uh, the video for this one has changed the way I engage with supermarkets. If that's any encouragement for you to watch it, um, jump on it. Faria Roshin is a writer and editor based in Brooklyn. She also started the podcast Two Brown Girls back in 2014 alongside Zeba Blay. While she was in town last week, Race Matters co-host Ryan Clapham and producer Tanya Ali couldn't miss the opportunity to catch up with her and you're going to hear their chat right now. You're on FBI Radio 94.5. Maria, hello. Hi. Welcome to Race Matters. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> to start, I guess, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, which is a very vague question, I know. But did you grow up in Australia? Yeah, I'm Australian. People get shocked. People forget that. Hmm. Um, I was raised in Australia. I moved here when I was five. And uh, I grew up in Sydney. I grew up listening to FBI. So that's why I said yes. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and I've been in North America for 10 years, so I completely lost my accent, which I, I think a lot of people get mad at me for, but I'm it's just, it's gone. There's nothing I can do. Uh, I can pretend, to, to, but uh, yeah. <laughs> it is a party trick I can pull out every now and again, like yeah. sounding so Australian and people are like, what? Where did, <laughs> where did that come from? Um but yeah, I grew up in Australia and I felt <clears throat> it's really fascinating to see that you guys have this show because, I mean, I'm sure all of us can agree, like, it was so isolating growing up here. Mm. Um, 
I, I moved really young. I moved when I was 19, um, and just like, just left and, um, found whatever ways that I possibly could to stay. I'm part, I'm Canadian. I was born in Canada, so it was a lot easier for me to sort of transition Hmm. into like a North American life. But, um, I, uh, yeah, a lot of that was because I didn't, I felt so isolated in Australian society, but I felt I came, I come from a very abusive, um, household and it was really sort of me trying to extricate myself from that experience and, um, putting down foundations for myself where I wasn't being dictated. Mm. Um, and my freedom wasn't being dictated basically. Yeah, definitely. I think it's really interesting trying to, um, I guess, assert your identity in different contexts, you know, so you're, you're based in Brooklyn now. Mm -hmm. Um, do you find that when you, you know, uh, present your identity and who you are to people in the States, what, what kind of kind, what kind of questions come up for them when it comes to your Canadian, uh, and Australian identity and, and everything? Yeah. I mean, I think I'm constantly feeling like I'm caught between worlds. I, I feel like I, li- I exist in a very liminal space, and I think that's because up until very recently, we didn't have a lot of language around what it meant to be South Asian, or mm. especially in in America, you know, the, the racial conversation is so binary, it's so black and white, and the nuances between, you know, what it means to exist in the other. And, and really, like, I was reading this um, archive recently. And I don't know if it's still the case, but if you immigrate to the U S they don't have an option for Asian, they just have other. So like even from the, yeah, even from like the beginning stages of immigration, you're constantly reminded that you are just, you are the other. Hmm. And I, I think that that really resonated with me. I think it really is sort of this time and I, I feel like it's only really just been happening the last two years, maybe, that South Asians or people that do exist in sort of these liminal other spaces are suddenly like, um, and I know it's a little different in Australia, and we can touch on that later, but in America, it's like there there just isn't space for us a lot. Um, and that erasure has happened uh, for a lot of reasons. It's happened because mainly that um, South Asians are really bad at archiving for ourselves. We're really bad at sort of like, or not even just South Asians, like Asians in general are bad at, um, and, and whether it comes from like fear of being like, known or like if you're an immigrant and you have a hostile immigration status, you, you kind of just want to blend into society. You don't want to think too deeply about being the other, even mm. though that's like you're constantly, you're constantly reminded of that. And so there's this guy, Vivek Bald, who wrote this amazing book called Bengali Harlem. And it's about the early stages of, um, South Asian migration into the United States. And a lot of these um, young men, particularly, married black women, and they kind of subsumed into black culture because that was a way for them to survive because Mm. they couldn't be themselves Mm. because of their, like, immigration status generally. And so they became... They, I guess they, they became black in a way, or they just sort of hid themselves. 
And that legacy, that history is is now is not really talked about, like all of the early sort of immigration. And I think that that really plays into how we're represented in media. There's not a lot of representation. And um, and I think that's what's so frustrating about existing in these liminal spaces, it's like you can't see yourself, so you're constantly like at a loss. You're constantly like, well, what does that mean to be me? What does it mean to exist in my form? And so I think that's why a lot of my work is about sort of trying mm. to figure out like where do I stand and 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 just just really just talking about that. You are my shepherd, I 
U.S. producer Gonja Sufi with Sheep, programmed by today's Race Matters guest, Brooklyn-based writer, editor and podcaster, Faria Roshin. Faria was Sydney-side for a panel that happened last Thursday titled Women of Colour Solidarity Beyond Performative Allyship. She spoke alongside Huna Amwiro, Lorna Munro and Kaya Abugaye. Uh, in the second half of Faria's chat with Ryan and Tanya, you'll hear Faria's uh, advice around being an ally and dealing with some of the difficulties that come alongside choosing activism. You've just spoken on a panel titled Beyond Performative Allyship. What does that mean to you in practice? Um, yeah, a really good question. I think that um, it is... Just we just have such a responsibility to think more expansively beyond the limitations of our own um, our own struggles. And I think what I keep hearing in Sydney, what's happening is that not a lot of spaces are being made for. Um, black folks and indigenous folks. And so I'm very glad to have been a part of this conversation because um, I, I think it's a, it's something that we all really need to rejig our minds on. Like, um, how are we constantly making space for other people? How are we having like actual unity? And if we're talking about race, maybe let's just not have white people involved. Mm. You know, I think that that might be a start um, because I don't think any white person has anything important to say about race. I really, really don't. And I know that's a really extreme Situation. I think white people can be incredible allies, and I've seen that in action. However, to to speak about race, nah, I don't. I don't. Mm, I'm not mm, here for that. Yeah. And I think that. I mean, I lost so many friends from Australia. I don't really have many friends from Australia because I became so radical so fast. And I had friends that were of that were people of color telling me that I was I was too mad mm. and that I was just um that I was just always just like yeah I was always angry and I and the and of course like those people are probably now being like I don't know I don't talk to them anymore but maybe like having like an awareness and like a realization but I think that like Maybe allowing people that have been mad for a long time mm. to, like, dictate conversations, yeah. not just, like, the people that, like, figured it out yesterday. I think, like, mm. that's a really, really important thing because in Australia, like, we have so much unlearning to do yeah. and we have so far to go. And maybe it is really up to the people that have, like, been tuned on, mm. tuned in for a really long time to sort of lead um Otherwise, it's just like, it's just, 
you know, I don't really know how far you can get if you're just mm. like, if you're just doing it for woke brownie points, you know, mm. like how, how f- we're talking about an institutional problem. That's it. That's an institutional problem. White supremacy is a problem. It is a parasite and it has infiltrated everything. Mm. So, um, if you can't come from it, from that perspective, and, and are only coming from it from the perspective of now it's okay and cool to talk about wokeness, maybe, yeah, you're not the person to be talking about it. Uh, and just really quickly, I think you've touched on a really um, important uh, point of discussion in terms of, you know, calling people on their bullshit or, like, being able to, you know, come in and say, well, actually, maybe this voice and this story needs to be told by the right people. Right. Um, what would you say is some advice? Because, I mean, it's an important thing, but as you said, you know, you run the risk of losing, you know, certain friends or you run the risk of losing fans or whatever it may be. I guess what's your what's what are your thoughts on that? On how to do it, you mean? Yeah, on how to kind of, I guess, garner the confidence or the right, mm. you know, feeling behind it. It's tough. It's really tough. Um, nobody wants to be labeled mad or angry. I think I'm lucky in a lot of ways because I've always had such a clear vision of what world I wanted to live in, and I've always had just like this sort of. Um, like whole, like that sort of like bound me together, which was like justice must prevail. (laughs) And um, so I've never like, I mean, sure, in my like downtime and alone time, I cry a lot. And I'm, you know, I like get really emotional about like being disliked. And Mm. it is so hard. I think about it all the time. I think about, I think about like the shit that people say about me. I think about, um, yeah, it's it's never an easy journey. There's never like a switch that goes off, I don't think. And I've been doing this for a long time where you're just like, I'm good. And I mean, and I think some people are constitutionally different, so I think that you know, if you can do that, that's so great. But in a way, I think it is really important to remain compassionate and open and sort of like porous to a certain degree because it allows you to be uh tuned into like being compassionate and being kind as much as you can. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's always good to lead with that, but it's definitely good to have that in your back pocket. So when somebody is sort of explaining something to you that you might not necessarily agree with, like, listen, I have learned things from white people and I have like had really effective conversations with them. And, and and then most cases I haven't. Mm. And, and that's why it's like, I, I, uh, I have the right to remain like, Vigilant, mm. um, but you know, it's just sort of like I guess knowing that it's not an easy road, and know know that like you are doing something for for the greater good, and that I hope that that's helpful. Yeah, because it's like the. Uh, I um, listened to this incredible podcast recently. Um, it's On Being with Krista Tippett. Um, and she interviewed Teju Cole, who's this Nigerian-American writer. And uh, Teju had written um, a great profile for the New Yorker on James Baldwin in 2014. And so much of Baldwin, he, and he was talking about this, it's like Baldwin was really disliked by like not just white folks but black folks too and and there was a lot of criticism but he he just had like such a 
he, he remained firm, you know, mm. on like where he wanted to go. And I think that that's sort of the, the consistent thing you see with people who are trying to change and create revolution. It's like you, it's never going to be easy and you have to continue. Mm. And Teju mentioned how like, it's like what I was saying earlier, it's like truly woke people are usually disliked. You know, it's like it really is. You're you're disliked on a on a large level, yeah. and and like maybe that says something about your society if everybody is trying to be woke. You know, like mm. like look outside; it's still the same, but everybody apparently is woke. You know, so what is that saying? What's real? What are we really doing? Um, so I do think about that. You know, how to move forward is is just sort of like reminding myself that yeah, it's it's it wasn't easy for anybody, and it doesn't have to be easy to be memorable or important at work. That was Faria Roshin making some really great points on. Uh, particularly on the concept of wokeness. Um, I'm going to bring our producer, Tanya Ali, to the mic to, yeah, have a chat about that interview. Um, yeah, live. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a really, really great interview and I feel so grateful to have been able to speak to Faria while she was in Sydney because I've been a fan of her for a very long time. Mm. Um, and I mean, as a as a fellow South Asian, I guess, like seeing someone like Fariha in um, media was always really, really inspiring um, to me when I was like trying to kind of figure out my identity and, and stuff like that. Um, and uh, Georgia, both of us were at All About Women yesterday. Yeah. And I feel like some of those points that Faria was was just making um, really resonated with one of the speakers at All About um, women and, and what she was saying. So um, Aisha Akanbi made a viral video last year called The Problem with Wokeness mm -hmm. um, and she came came from London and did a talk and yeah, like there were definitely links that we could make to, to that conversation and, and what we just heard from Fariha. Yeah, for sure. I think um, Aisha Akanbi sort of talks about wokeness. Um, she sort of really pulls it apart a bit um, but this idea that uh, wokeness has replaced genuine compassion and empathy with moral superiority, um, there's a lot to unpack around that. And, um, yeah, Aisha talked about that for an hour. Um, the video's on YouTube if, uh, if you're all after a little bit more context. Um, yeah, but, I, yeah, Furia is, yeah, referring to that term in, in a similar sort of light. Um she used the term woke brownie points, um, which I know from my experience and like probably yours too, Tanya, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a feeling and yeah, like bringing a bit of humour to the idea. But, um, and I, I, I know that when I was listening to this interview first, I sort of got this. <laughs> this image in my head of like this beautifully groomed golden retriever sort of like salivating over a doggy treat. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It sums it up really? so well. Um, yeah. So thanks Priya for the brownie, for the brownie point, the gold star, the, yeah. 
Um, yeah, what are your thoughts, Tanya? Well, I kind of jumped on because we, we just received a text on 0409-945-945 uh, saying, if the sentence, I don't think black people should participate in conversations about race is racist, then so is the sentence, I don't think white people should participate in conversations about race. Who is this racist lady and why is FBI allowing her on the radio? Mm. So I guess this um, brings up a super fundamental question that we haven't really gotten the chance to talk about much on race matters. And I mean, today is not the best day to do it because we're running out of time. Mm. But uh, simply to say that whiteness is the like hegemonic power in the structure that humans have created that we call race. Yes. And reverse racism is not possible. Now, we, yeah, as I said, don't have time to go into it, but I would implore this person who's texted in um, to not kind of disassociate from this conversation, but um, pop onto YouTube and watch um, Arma Rahman's video about... Um, reverse racism. Um, if you just Google it, he's he's an Australian comedian um, who I think is based in the States now and has really like succinctly broken it down in a super um, kind of like accessible way. Uh, and we'll pop a link up to that video on um, the Race Matters page as well. Please watch it um, and, and maybe that'll kind of like give you a bit of an insight into why uh, the sentence, I don't think white people should participate in conversations about race is not at all problematic to me. Yeah, thank you. Um, if you are feeling like you want to hear a whole lot from Fariha Roisin, you are in luck because uh, Ryan and I actually got to chat to her for over an hour. It was a really, really fun, fun time. Um, and uh, we are going to be releasing that chat kind of in in full um so keep your eyes peeled for that on our podcast feed uh you can check it out on itunes or spotify uh or head to fbiradio.com forward slash race dash matters my name's georgia mokak you've been listening to race matters thanks so much for tuning in and we'll catch you next week and stick around for sunsets with simon caldwell up next big love Why you asking about X, Y, Z? Why you worry about who's fucking me? Who's to the right of my SUV? It's none of your, none of your, none of your beats. Calling my girls to check where I've been. If you needed to know, I'd drop a pin. Keeping to yourself really ain't nothing. But you can't, you can't let me live. You put on a show. Cause you don't want the world to know. That you lost the girl who got Yeah.
Don't worry about who it is now. Don't worry about if he got kids now. If he's richer than you, slicker than you, his network bigger than you, and his dick game thicker than you. It's on me, not you. Worry about who you go home to. Worry about if she gon' leave you. Will she find out all that you do? Race matters. Race matters. Race matters. Race matters. Race matters. Race matters. Race matters.